Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation, it's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Charlie. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast, brought to you by our good friends at Alumni Hall your go-to place for all your Georgia football gear and accessory needs. I'm your host, Tyler, and back with me today to make our week four picks of the week is my coach, Charlie. And Charlie, I got to say, personally, I feel much better about my week three picks. I'm not ready to say I've gone and totally redeemed myself. Name that movie. Trivia time. Name that movie. I have no idea. Oh, come on. Totally redeemed yourself. Come on. Were you alive in the 90s? Did you watch comedies? Yeah, but I don't remember anything like that. Seriously? Yeah. You're failing this trivia time. How can you possibly not know this? I don't know. Dumb and Dumber. Oh, I hate that movie. Are you kidding me? I hate that movie. So you were like a preteen in the late 90s and you did not enjoy Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Actually, that makes a lot of sense. How you really don't like that movie? Cannot stand it. Seriously. Seriously. Our pets' heads are falling off. No, seriously, nothing. No. Oh come no. on. I'm sorry, guys. Charlie is uh, Charlie's Charlie, for better or for worse. But anyway, I'm not ready to say I've totally redeemed myself here from that terrible week two effort because that was embarrassing. That was a rough look. But week three was good to me. Much better to me than week two was. And, I, and Charlie, I don't want to speak for you. But even though I didn't hit on every single pick, I don't really have any picks to own. We always like to own our bad picks at the outset of, of each of these Picks of the Week episodes. And I don't feel like I have any that I need to own that were terrible picks. Like Arizona State, yeah, they lost to BYU, but I felt like that one was a toss-up. I, I just kind of went with Arizona State because, honestly, they've just, generally speaking, got better players. They recruit better, but you know they got a lot of turmoil going on in that program. BYU won that game, so... I lost that one. I didn't feel like I completely blew that one. I took Virginia minus a nine over UNC. Charlie, you got that one right. I got to give you credit. That's one where you, you you got a game on me there. You picked North Carolina. I picked Virginia. Virginia was looking pretty good there for a minute, but they have, I had not seen Virginia play, but apparently they have absolutely no defense this year. I mean, it was essentially no resistance whatsoever. They can score. I mean, Brendan Armstrong threw for 500-plus yards in that game. So, I mean, they, they put up points on targets like I thought they would. I just thought that they would play better defense because Bronco Mendenhall teams usually do play better defense, but it doesn't look like they have it this year defensively. 
So I'm kind of marking them off my contender list for the ACC Coastal. But I got that one wrong. Uh, what else did I miss? I don't even know what else I missed. Uh, Bama, Bama, Florida. Like I, you know, I still I stand by that pick. I know obviously I, I've been saying since the preseason that I didn't think there was a vintage Bama team that kind of showed itself on Saturday. Florida was about to get blown out. They should have gotten blown out, but Bama kind of went into a shell in the second half. Didn't even try to push the ball vertically. So I don't really feel bad. I missed three games. I don't feel bad about those though. None of those are embarrassing like some of the other ones were. So how do you feel about yours? I mean, they weren't that bad. They were I mean, better than miss? the week before. You missed Bama. I was listening to another podcast, and they went 12 and 23 last week. So they put so 35 feel, picks out there? So I, But it was like between the group. Okay. They went 12 and 23, and I was like, that is how I felt the week before. So we were, I think well, we were both 5 and 3, so 10 and 6. I'm not good at math, but I can do that. 10 and 6. Okay, good so job. bad. So what were you the week before? Do you want a round of applause? For I that? I don't. Okay. Um, Seems like that would, you do. That would, no, I'm just you know I, I just like to point out that I can do like basic addition, like that's just kind of like something you have to be able to do as a human being. But uh, what did you miss? You missed Bama, same as me. You missed Arizona State. And you you missed Indiana. You had them to cover the four against Cincinnati. That didn't work out. They they they. I mean that wasn't but that's not an embarrassing pick. I mean they played well in that game. Cincinnati. Had to fight and claw, and they ended up pulling it out by two touchdowns. But that's just because Michael Penix is a terrible quarterback. Another three interception effort for him. If they had somebody else with quarterback, they might have actually won that game. So I think both of us. I don't think we have anything to be ashamed of. We're not going to hit them all, but we had a much better week. So at the end of the day, we both ended up going five and three on the week for week three, which that actually brings us both up to five hundred on the year at twelve and twelve overall. I hit on Nebraska. Cincinnati, Michigan State, Penn State, and South Carolina to cover. And I missed on, as I said, Bama, Virginia, and Arizona State. And hitting on Cincinnati, that Cincinnati-Indiana game, means I also hit on my lock of the week, which moves me to 4-1 and one on the year on my locks. My very first lock was the very first pick we made this season, which was the North Carolina-Virginia Tech game. And I locked up North, North Carolina in that game. And that didn't work out so well for me, but... I've recovered and I've got four straight there. So I'm not going to lie. I feel really, really good about that because those locks are the ones I actually put money on. So if you guys are wondering like which games is Tyler actually confident in, it's the ones that I lock up. Those are the games I'm actually putting money on. So those are the ones I pay close attention to. Um, Those are the ones I'm telling you like, hey, if you're into this, if you're so inclined, run, put your money on it right now. Uh, Because those are the teams that I've seen play and I feel like I have a pretty good beat on. Uh, It's still obviously relatively early in the season, so I haven't seen every single team play, but I get more and more info to work off off of with uh, with each passing week as I watch all these games. So I feel pretty good about all this moving forward. I also hit my upset special last week. I picked Michigan State to win outright over Miami. So that moves me to three and one on my upset special picks where I pick an underdog to win outright. Charlie hit on Nebraska, Michigan State, Penn State, North Carolina. That's the one that she got over me. And South Carolina, she missed on Bama, Indiana, and Arizona State. And, you know, if you guys remember back to last week, I can't update you on Charlie's locks and upset specials because um, Charlie did not give us those last week. Uh, Charlie, I gave you some homework this week. Did you actually come prepared with at least a lock of the week? I'm not saying you have to pick an upset special if you don't feel good about one, but did you, uh, do you at least have a lock of the week this week? No, I know. Oh my God! Don't even don't even come in here saying no. I know you texted me last night, no. and I saw no. it, but I still didn't no. do it. So I'll have it by the end of the show. Are you kidding me right now? No. 
Charlie. I got a lot going on. I you, I know you I'm do. I'm sorry. And I appreciate that you're it. here doing the show. I really, really do. But I will now. do it at the end of the show. I will know. All right. Lo- I need a lock of the week or an upset special or you, both. I mean, both is great if you lock. feel good about an upset special. Upset special is where you're picking an underdog to win out. Is. I'm making sure. I'm writing it down. It's on the checklist. I'm sorry. Forgive me for mansplaining there, but like you are kind of scatterbrained with this stuff. So like I feel I, like that's I'm fair. Which I'm not ever scatterbrained. No, that's actually true. You're not. You're like the most well-organized person I've ever it's met. It's on the checklist. All right, we'll so get done. I should, so I just need to give you a checklist in the future, and it'll get done. I made myself one. Okay, I'll make those before we move forward. So we'll get that done. But um, all right, we've got a lot of games to get to this week. We have another slate of eight games. We've got a bunch of SEC games, a couple of big national games. So, Charlie, where are we starting our week four picks? Okay, we're going to kick things off for this week in the Windy City with number 10, Notre Dame, playing number 15, Wisconsin at Soldier Field. I would love to go see a game there. I love Chicago. I, yeah, I know people say, nice every time you say, I like Chicago, oh, be careful, you might get shot. Okay, I'm not going to the south side, guys. Okay, I'll, I'll be okay. I love okay. Chicago. Great city. All right, tangent. Okay, yeah. maybe one day we'll get to go. I love Chicago. Maybe. Notre Dame is still somehow ranked number 10, and this will be their first real test. I mean, I know they beat FSU, but FSU lost to Jacksonville State? Yeah. Yeah? Not the Dion, not Dion, not, not Coach Prime's right, team. Right, right. That's Jackson State. Different. Right, there you go. And they... And Notre Dame barely beat FSU. So, I mean, how great are they? I don't know. I don't think the Fighting Irish are as good as they've been the past few years. So, looking at the other team, the Badgers lost to Penn State. But since losing that game, I can guarantee you that Wisconsin has zeroed in on this game against Notre Dame. The Badgers played Eastern Michigan and had a bye week last week. So, they should be ready to go on Saturday if they can get up for the noon or actually 11 11 o'clock. In Chicago, 11 o'clock kickoff. So I think Wisconsin has one of the best defenses in the country, led by Jim Leonard and the Fighting Irish are going to struggle with this hard-hitting defense coming down at them down after down. Uh, I think it'll be close, but I'm going to take Wisconsin to cover. Badgers. It's six and a half. The hook scares me. I'll probably regret it later, but I'll take it. Okay. You're taking Wisconsin and the points. Um, as you said, Charlie, I am very jealous of this game. I, I it was nice to be able to play Clemson, the big game to open the season. And Charlotte's a it's a nice town. It's a, it's a, it's a good solid town. Sure, it's not Chicago. So I'm very jealous of this game. Like Wisconsin got to play LSU, and LSU got to play Wisconsin at Lambeau Field a couple years back. Like we don't get to do cool things like that. And I'm jealous when teams get to do things like this. Where's Lambeau Field? That's where the Packers play, Charlie. Oh, okay. Ooh, was it cold? I mean, it was in September. Oh, okay. So no, it was perfect. Yeah. No, I would like I would rather have the game played in Madison than Lambeau Field because I think Madison. Absolutely. Be, I've never been to Madison. Heard great things. Would love to go there for a college football game, but that'll probably never happen in my lifetime. But whatever. I'm just jealous of this game. I would love to go. The biggest storyline in this game is Jack Cohn, quarterback from Notre Dame, formerly of the Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, was their quarterback for a couple of years. Uh, he got hurt, got Wally Pitts and Graham Mertz is in. So Jack Cohn transfers out, and he is now at Notre Dame. And if you're looking at this game, like the different sides of the ball, who's got the advantage where, Wisconsin has hands down the better defense. Notre Dame is struggling defensively right now. But on the flip side, I would say Notre Dame has hands down the better offense. Notre Dame is uh, right now 71st nationally yards per play allowed. Wisconsin is fourth. So advantage Wisconsin defensively, sure. 
But if you're looking at yards per play gained, Wisconsin's 96th nationally, Notre Dame is 67. So maybe not as big of a gap there, but Notre Dame's offense is, is clearly more advanced than Wisconsin. They have more weapons than Wisconsin's. But Wisconsin's defense has been really, really lights out, as you mentioned, under Jim Leonard for a couple years now. I did think that Notre Dame took strides last week against Purdue. I almost took the over. I literally, I literally almost bet on the over in that Purdue-Notre Dame game. I backed off the last seconds. Both those teams have good offense. They can put up points, offensive coaches. But they held a good Purdue offense. Not an elite Purdue offense, but a good Purdue offense to 348 total yards. So that's a step in the right direction for the Irish. And if you look at, like, you guys know I think quarterback is the most important position on the field, which it just is. It's not something that I have to think. It's just the reality. And looking at Jack Cohn, I was not a believer in him in Wisconsin because he wasn't great at Wisconsin, but he is a different player right now. So coming to the season, I didn't really have high expectations at all for Notre Dame because I was not a believer in Jack Cohn. But he's putting up numbers that he never even approached at Wisconsin. So what that tells me, like we always knew that Wisconsin was a system team. You know, they, they have the big offensive line and the running backs. But it, some of these quarterbacks have just put up pedestrian numbers at, at Wisconsin outside of, of course, Russell Wilson. They've just kind of been like just guys. It's almost like this is the same guy, whether it's it's Sorgi, Stave, Stave, Sacco, Cone, now Mertz. They've all kind of put up the same exact numbers as like they're on an assembly line. But it's not really about those guys. It's about the system. That's why they're not putting up numbers. They're not, they don't put up great numbers because the system does not allow them to put up great numbers. And people are down on Graham Mertz right now. I think the guy's still a talented player. It's the system. It's the same system that had Cone put up basically the same numbers that Mertz is putting up. So, I mean, think about it. Why do all those Wisconsin quarterbacks seem the same? It's because of the system. And that's fine when you have a dominant run game in Wisconsin, like they've had in the past, guys like Jonathan Taylor. But they don't have that right now. Last year, they didn't have it. They don't have it right now. Ches Malusi's their top guy. It's a transfer from Clemson. Wasn't seeing the photo of Clemson. He's fine. He's okay. He's not a Jonathan Taylor S back. So I think the cone to Michael Mayer, the tight end Notre Dame, I think that tandem is the difference. They call Mayer uh, baby Gronk because he looks like Gronk out there. He really does. So at the end of the day, I think Notre Dame scores just a little bit more than Wisconsin. I have more faith in the Notre Dame offense than I do the Wisconsin offense. I know Wisconsin has a great defense. I think Notre Dame's defense is going to step in the right direction. I just don't think that Wisconsin is going to be able to score enough to win this game. So give me Notre Dame to cover and to win outright. Upset special right out of the gate. I wish we could play a cool neutral side game like this, but it'll be a fun one to watch there in Soldier Field. I guess actually I won't be able to watch it until I come home on Sunday because it's on the exact same time as our game. But yeah, I'm going right out of the gate. Upset special, Notre Dame to win. All right. Let's jump over to the SEC and talk about an unranked matchup that should still be pretty entertaining considering the state of the two programs and what happened in this matchup last year. Can you guess what it is? I'm going to go... So I know your L- order... It's LSU yeah. going to I was Mississippi thinking, State. Yeah, the other noon game. Yeah. It wasn't ours, yeah. So, hopefully you got it right, listeners. State is coming off of a loss to Memphis last weekend, which has got to be deflating because they shouldn't have lost that game. Well, they outgained Memphis by like 250 yards. Yeah. And they got the game was stolen from them. Bad calls, right? It was, yes, horrible. Stolen from okay. them. Okay. Did you see the SEC short? Oh, it was incredible. Did you see that? <laughs> I did watch it. Yeah, it was incredible. Um, Very well done. All right. But LSU is an unproven team after losing to UCLA out in Cali. And then they played two cupcake games since then. But also UCLA turned around and lost to Fresno State. So how good is UCLA? I don't know. Fair question. I mean, I know no team is as good as they are on their best day or as bad as they are on their worst day. So I don't know. You know. Yeah. It's tough to tell. It's The transitive property equality is something that everyone tries to make sense of the first couple weeks, but 
it just never yeah. really makes any sense. This is also the start of what could be a few rough weeks for LSU and Mississippi State since SEC play is really going to start picking up. LSU has a history of being one of the better SEC West teams we all know, but something's just off in Baton Rouge, and Mississippi State is usually the worst. Usually, historically, at the, the, bottom, worst, at the bottom, bottom of the SEC of West. SEC West. Yeah. So, it should still be pretty interesting considering everything that's going on with these two teams. Uh, they're giving up big points, so it could turn into a shootout real quick. Take the over. Yeah. The Tigers are favored by two and a half, and they're going to want revenge after losing at home last year to Mississippi State. So, I'm going to take LSU to cover. Man, I've gone back and forth this and Charlie. I really like what you said about LSU, that something's just off. I think that's a really good way to put it. It's hard to put it's your so finger on. It's so descriptive. No, like something's off. It's just like when you watch them play, it's like they have really good players. They have a bunch of first-rounders, especially on defense, but mm, something's missing here. It's the, the ingredients. It's just not really mixed together right right now. Uh, but if you like offense, you're right, Charlie. You like offense. You like points. Watch this game. Take the over, guys. I'm telling you, that that's, that's going to hit in this game. I forget exactly what it is now. It's been going up a little bit, but take the over. You're probably going to hit it. Uh, so LSU, you know, Coach O changed coordinators. Uh, they got some players back from that didn't play last year. Like, you know, Stingley didn't play a ton last year. They got all those players back. They changed the coordinators. They blamed everything on last year. But that doesn't really matter. The LSU defense is terrible yet again. Their offense has been good, but certainly not elite. Max Johnson is kind of the guy I always felt he was. He's a good, solid player. He's not an elite quarterback, and he's never going to be an elite quarterback. And well, I can eat my words. Maybe, maybe at some point down the road, but never to this point in his career. Even in high school, I don't think he was an elite quarterback in high school. Uh, you could see he has potential to be good, but elite, I just don't know. But their offense has been good. It was a really tough loss for Mississippi State, Charlie, as you mentioned. Um, I mean, they, as far as I'm concerned, they won that game. Like the SEC need to come out and say, "Hey guys, you won." As far as we're concerned, you won this game because that game was stolen from them. Like you know, it tends to happen sometimes with SEC officials. But defensive coordinators have really made life difficult for Mike Leach. It's really strange watching this Mike Leach offense at Mississippi State because it's still the air raid, but they're not getting anything explosive right now. It's it, it, These are two really weird stats. Typically, you wouldn't think they would go together, but they do. Right now, Mississippi State is leading the SEC in passing yards per game at 361 yards per game. Sounds great, right? Explosive offense, powerful offense, high-flying offense, right? But they're 11th in the league in yards per attempt at only 6.6 yards per attempt. So what does that tell you? Very clearly, teams are still doing what they did to Mississippi State last last year in the SEC. They're rushing three, dropping eight, trying to close those windows. They're not allowing them to push anything vertically down the field. So they're literally dinking and dunking their way down the field. They're running mesh a lot, trying to get these underneath routes and let the receivers run a little bit. But they are not explosive at all right now. If you look at the defense's I'd say they're comparable. Mississippi State, I'm surprised they've taken a step back on defense this year. I think Andy Avalos, the defense coordinator, is a good coordinator. They just don't have the players they had last year. Uh, Aaron Brule is a good uh, linebacker. You guys remember him from recruiting. He was actually committed to us at one point, but then he ends up kind of getting Billy Bob and Mississippi State. But he's a good player. Uh, but I just think at the end of the day, LSU is a little bit more balanced. They don't run the ball well themselves, but I think they're a little bit more balanced. And they have the obvious talent edge here, which doesn't always matter, but I think in this case it will because you add in the revenge factor, Charlie, as you mentioned. Last year they were embarrassed. It was their first game as defending national champs, and they got humiliated. 
in front of a home crowd, a small home crowd, but a home crowd nonetheless there in Baton Rouge. So I like LSU to go into the land of the cowbell, get the W, and cover the two and a half. I'm not overly confident there, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it with the talent here. I'm gonna take LSU to cover the two and a half. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Okay, we're going to stay in the SEC West for the next game, which will be played at Jerry's World with number five Texas A&M playing Sam Pittman's Razorbacks. He's really turned the Arkansas program around in a short amount of time. Done a good job. And they're in a great position considering Texas A&M's starting quarterback, Haynes King, is out for the next several weeks with a leg injury, right? Yeah, so cracking his leg, as Jimbo Fisher so eloquently put it. His leg is cracked, whatever that means. That makes me cringe. Okay, so is that... Calzada starting in his place. I think the Razorbacks, which, by the way, are one of the cooler mascots, right? That is an awesome mascot name. I think that's a great mascot. That's a a great mascot name. I think they're going to have a fighting chance on Saturday. Some people probably think I'm crazy. But with Zach Calzada's play, it's a hindrance to the A&M offense. And they haven't been as productive as they need to be on that side of the ball to stay at number five. He played better last year, but granted, it was a baby seal. Yes. When New Mexico, I think they beat up on. I I think A&M's going to win, but I think it'll be a lot closer than people think it should be. Mm, I'm going to take the Hogs to cover the five and a half. I'm not... This and is a do tough you spell one. Hogs H O G S or H A W G S? Well, if you're in the South, it's H A W G S. It's I like mean, dogs. Yeah, I know, but it looks real strange with an H. The hog. You call them the Hogs. Come on now. You live here. I mean, yeah, but it just looks funny with an H. You don't really, really makes me angry bringing that up. I know you don't care, but the freaking Washington Huskies on their helmets, right there, you know, between their eyes, like at the top of their helmet. They have you know, usually teams called third eye. Third eye, sure, whatever. They put their little logo or icon or whatever saying on there, and they have dogs. They spell it D A W G S. There is not one human being in the state of Washington that pronounces dogs that way. I'm sorry, not listeners. one human being. I apologize. That for is candid. straight garbage. Okay, garbage. Your garbage. opinion on the Texas yes, State Texas A&M, A&M in Arkansas? Yes. So obviously the big question here, as you were laying out there, Charlie, you don't believe in Zach Calzada. He's the question mark here. 
Because everywhere else on the field, A&M is better by a pretty wide margin. Maybe you can argue wide receiver. I do, I do think Traylon Burks at wide receiver for Arkansas is a stud. But pretty much everywhere else on the field, A&M is better. I'm not sure Arkansas is really a top 25 team from a talent perspective. Like you look up and down the roster, they have some really good players and spots. I mentioned Traylon Burks. I mean, Jalen Catalan at safety is one of the best defenders in the entire league. I know he's one of those guys that's a lot of hype, but he, if you watch him play, he's actually really, really good. But it's just guys in spots from like a talent perspective. But I got to give the old pit boss some credit, man. He's got him believing. He's got him playing hard. He's built a good culture there. And that stuff matters. You can play above your talent level when you believe, when you play hard, and you've got a good culture. That stuff, I believe in it. It matters. But if you look at Arkansas, they have some deficiencies in the passing game. It's really the quarterback issue. Like I said, they have some good receivers. But I'm not a big believer in KJ Jefferson as a passer. But I don't even know if that necessarily matters. They're top 10 in rushing offense right now. Because when you have a mobile quarterback like KJ Jefferson, it opens up everything for your run game. It makes it much harder because you have a numbers advantage in the the box there. And so defenses have to defend you differently. It creates a lot of havoc, creates a lot of situations for the defense to have to deal with that aren't exactly favorable for them. This is a tough one for me. I think AM has a really, really good defense. Arkansas, I would not say they're entirely one-dimensional because they do have some good receivers. And Jefferson, you know, from time to time, will throw the ball out there and put, try to push down the field and they'll make a play. But they don't have any kind of consistency in their pass game. So I think they're too one-dimensional right now for an elite Texas AM defense. I don't trust the AM offense. I think Jimbo Fisher is still playing old ball, old school ball, that we, kind of the old school ball that we, we were complaining about with Cheney and, uh, and obviously James Coley, who is now ironically at AM. Makes sense, right? It's just an old school kind of offense, and they're just not explosive enough. That's kind of the Achilles heel for AM offensively. I, think, I like the running backs. I like A-Chain. I like Spiller. I like the weapons they have receiver. I like Weidermeyer at tight end, but Calzada does give me some concerns. I just don't think Arkansas can score enough to win this game. Five and a half. I, I, I like AM in this game, Charlie. I'm gonna I'm gonna go against you here. I'm gonna fight you on this one. I'm gonna go AM to win by a touchdown. I, I don't think they're gonna blow Arkansas out necessarily. Although I, I, that's certainly a possibility. AM could blow Arkansas out if they just completely smother them defensively. But I haven't seen enough from Calzada right now to call for an outright blowout. I need to see more from him. If I see see from him this game, maybe they've got something there. But I do like this AM defense too much to Pick the, to pick the hogs, the hogs, Charlie, to win or to cover. I'm going AM to cover the five and a half. I think they win by a touchdown. I just don't think Arkansas can score enough. Okay. Well, another interesting game to watch on Saturday at 3 30 has the number seven Clemson Tigers traveling to NC State. NC State is currently unranked, but I think they will challenge the Tigers, who have not looked like a typical Clemson team from the past few years. I mean, they only beat Tech. 14-8. Yeah. Like, oh, you're telling me Clemson should beat Tech I by mean, more than six points? Yeah. I mean, the lightning delay played into it. You know. I do think that was a big factor that no For one's sure. talking about in that For game. Sure. But that was a factor. It's still bad, though. It's bad. I mean, Either way, it's bad. It's bad. They yeah, should they should win it, by more. And it's definitely not going to help them in the rankings. So this is a home game for NC State. And they've had some extra time to prepare for the Tigers since they played Furman last week. And they won 45-7. Uh, NC State lost to Mississippi State earlier in the year, but they made a lot of uncharacteristic mistakes in that game. Yes. So I think they'll be prepared to put up a good fight against Clemson on Saturday afternoon. I do think because Clemson is coming off such an ugly win last weekend. Disgusting. That 
What's the spread? Ten? Ten now. I, I think they're going to cover because I think, yeah, I think Clemson will cover. Given the circumstances. Yeah, it, I it's like all to, about the circumstances. If that had not happened last week, I would have picked NC State. But they only won 45-8, so they need to show... They need to show people something if they want to stay I mean, up Only there. 45-8? I mean, that's just a good win. I mean, this is more about Clemson right now. And there's to me, it, it's all the circumstances surrounding Clemson. I said 14-8. I was talking about Clemson. You said 45, though. Well, I meant Clemson. Okay, I was very confused. I was like, 44-45-8. Yeah, they only won by six points. You wouldn't have thought that. So I think no. yeah, okay. that will play into their motivation for this week. Gotcha. Fair. Yeah, this is, man, I hate that Clemson only beat Tech by six because, first off, I hate Georgia Tech. But this was, I, I thought it was going to be a very sneaky spot for Clemson coming into the year. I thought, you know, before what we saw last week against Tech, I thought NC State was talented enough to sneak up on Clemson at home and maybe we even win this football game. I, when I was looking at this preseason, like maybe that could be a spot where Clemson trips up. But now after that close win against Tech that people are all talking about now, dropping down to number nine, barely inside the top 10, I think there's a sense of urgency inside their football building there that might not otherwise have been there at Clemson. But still, I mean, Clemson has problems on offense right now. I think that's pretty clear. I I think we might have broken DJU. I think we might have broken the guy. I think he's still hearing footsteps, seeing ghosts out there. Which I can't blame him. And I, and I think that certainly kind of lingered on and carried over to, to the next couple games. But man, on the other side of the ball, this comes in defense is awesome. They are awesome. Um, but NC State, you know, it's it's a, it's an interesting matchup because, yes, I do think Clemson is really good on defense. I will stand by that. But NC State actually has some players on offense that I think can move the ball some against Clemson. I mean, I think Devin Leary at quarterback is a really good quarterback that not enough people talk about. they got two really good running backs and Ricky Persons, Donovan Knight, a good, a good number one receiver, and Emeka Akezi. I think they're good enough to hit some plays and score some points on Clemson. So Clemson's going to have to score. And I will also say Carter-Finley Stadium is a very underrated environment. They really do actually care in Raleigh about this NC State program. They aren't really usually ever that good, but they care. It's a big fan base. But at the end of the day, I keep coming back to that Georgia Tech game. I do. I agree with you, Charlie. I think that was the worst thing that could have happened to the Wolfpack. I think they are good enough to hang in this game at home for a while. But I just cannot shake this feeling that Clemson is going to come out firing on all cylinders in this game. And they're going to try to shut up all the critics that they've heard for the past week or so. And I think they're ultimately going to pull away from NC State and win this game by a couple touchdowns. So I'm going to take the Tigers to cover the 10 as well, basically for the same reasons that you are. All right. Well, there are two SEC East matchups on at 7 on Saturday. So let's talk about Kentucky at South Carolina first. Mm-hmm. I don't know how the Wildcats aren't ranked in the coaches' poll. It's I mean, so confusing I know me. they played ULM, Mizzou, but they and destroyed UCC, them. But they've looked like a very strong team so far with an improved passing game, and they have the potential to be the SEC East runner-up. So how are they not ranked? Yeah, I'm going I'm to I'm look at this. So who's ranked that I would have Kentucky ranked ahead of? Um, Ole Miss is 13. They're better than Kentucky, I think. Like BYU, yeah, I know they beat Utah, but how good is Utah? Utah just lost to San Diego State. It's a decent program. Um, Iowa State, who has Iowa State beaten, Charlie? Iowa State has beaten nobody worth anything. And they're ranked 14. That's all based on preseason expectations. Kentucky at least has an SEC win against a decent SEC team in Missouri. How is Iowa State ranked ahead of them? Coastal Carolina, who in the world is Coastal Carolina to be? That's all based off of last year. 
Uh, Michigan State, uh, Michigan State deserves to be ranked where they are. North Carolina hasn't beaten anybody. Uh, they lost to Virginia Tech. Fresno State, I mean, okay, I guess they just beat UCLA. I'll give them that. Auburn hasn't beaten anybody. They sure they had a pretty decent loss at Penn State, but you haven't actually beaten anybody. Kentucky should be ranked ahead of Auburn right now. So yeah, I, I would in Kansas State. I mean, come on. Okay, so Kansas State beat the crap out of Stanford. Whoop de doo. Great, good for you. I don't need. I don't get it, Charlie. I'm with you. Kentucky should be ranked right now. All right. Now the Gamecocks, on the other hand, are on the opposite end of the spectrum and may only win one or two more games this year if they can beat Troy and Vandy. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Troy, don't don't count Troy's automatic win for South Carolina. Troy can put up points. They can score, and I don't know if South Carolina can score that much. We'll see. That's an interesting game. Uh, maybe next week. So just put that in your back pocket. But all right, uh, Kentucky, South Carolina. Were you done? I'm sorry, I got to stop track. No, may I speak? Go ahead. Yes. Thanks. I mean, I think Kentucky has a lot more talent and is overall a better football team in this matchup. So I'm going with the Cats to win and cover the five. I don't know that Kentucky has a lot more talent. I think that they have more talent in the right spots, like quarterback. And they're just more advanced right now in their system, with obviously South Carolina bringing in a whole new staff. This line is crazy to me. Kentucky is only a a 5.5-point favorite over South Carolina. That is some disrespect. I just I don't understand that at all, and I I, I could be wrong. Maybe the maybe the cocks go out there and beat him. I look a fool. I just don't get this line. I think it's a massive overreaction to the UTC game last week, where Kentucky had the struggle to hold on. I guess they won by five over Tennessee Chattanooga. That's a, it's an overreaction. This is a good Kentucky football team. It's a different. Kentucky football team. We know for years they're built on defense and their running game. They could not complete a forward pass. As I've said, I think I feel like I say this every week on these episodes. Will Levis has changed the game for Kentucky. He threw for 367 and four touchdowns in their first game. And you could say, sure, it's in Louisiana Monroe. They're not good. What does that even mean? I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit of a reaction, but I will say this. It's far better than any Kentucky quarterback has done in a long time. No Kentucky quarterback since 2014 has thrown for that many yards. There actually has not been a Kentucky quarterback to throw for 300 yards in a game before Levis since 2016. And this South Carolina team, guys, you saw us throw the ball over the park against them, right? I mean, JT, if we wanted to, JT could throw for 400 plus on that South Carolina secondary. They are vulnerable back there. Kentucky can actually take advantage of that this year in a way that they were not able to in previous years. They have a couple good receivers in Wandale Robinson and Josh Ali. I think Kentucky's going to put up points. They've won six of seven against South Carolina. Carolina does have a very good defensive line. That's their strength. But you know what? Kentucky has a better offensive line. That's their strength. And they have a great running game with with little Benny himself with Chris Rodriguez. So I think Will Levis is going to have a big game against that South Carolina secondary, which I do think is vulnerable. And that's going to open up the run game in the second half to kind of salt away this game. I'd like Kentucky to win this game. I like Kentucky to cover this five and a half. I am going to lock them up, Charlie. Lock of the week, Kentucky over South Carolina. It's a road lock. Taking a little bit of risk there. I'm going to Kentucky to lock it up. Thank you for reminding me that I need a lock. I've just about given up. Still All thinking about on it. you ever actually picking a lock. All right. Next up, we're going to stay in the SEC and travel down to Gainesville, where the Gators will host the Vols and are the home favorites by 16 and a half. 
It's actually up to 19 and a half now. Okay, 19 and a half. Yeah, it's moved. Jeez, yeah, 19 it's up to and 19 and a half. I feel like that's a lot. 16 and a half was the early, early, early line. It's up to 19 and a half now. All yeah. right. Well, I think Florida is significantly better than Tennessee. And I think Mullen and his players are feeling extra defeated after coming so close to beating Bama last weekend. Like, it was, I mean, it's amazing that they only lost by what, two? It, I mean, but that, at the same time, it's also deflating. Like it, it is, yes. You can't builds so morale, close. but at the same time, it's like oh, so yeah. close. Um, we've been there before. It depends on how the team reacts. <laughs> yeah, we yes, we've been there. Yep. And I wouldn't bet on him being able to motivate his team, but I say that a lot, and then somehow he does. I just don't. I don't know think how. he can motivate anybody. I think if they get motivated, it's themselves. I just know I that if more. he was my coach, I would not find him motivating at all. I would laugh at him every time he I opened find his him mouth. Annoying. Um. So it could be a hangover spot, and while Tennessee isn't great, 19 and a half is a lot. That's a lot of points. Uh, I still have questions about the Florida offense, so I'm going to go with Tennessee to cover the 19 and a half. It's a lot. Yeah, I, this is another overreaction spot. I think this is another line that I think is an overreaction to last week's results. I think this is an overreaction to the Florida-Alabama game, where Florida, yeah, they ultimately end up only losing by two points. I guess that did come down to a missed extra point and forced them to go for two, which they did not get. But, guys, I mean, just... You watched the game. I know you did. Florida has so many holes in that team. Bama allowed Florida to stay in that game because Bama just stopped. It, it really, I can't quite understand. I went back and just finished rewatching it last night. I can't figure out what Alabama was trying to do in the second half. Florida's sitting there with their safeties playing 7 to 10 yards of line of scrimmage. Those vertical shots were there. They simply either did not have faith in Bryce Young to call those shots, or Bryce Young didn't want to take those shots. I don't know what the issue was, but they had shots down the field there, and they just weren't taking them. It was very, very confusing to me. It was confusing to me when I was watching it there uh, live while the game was going on. It's confusing to me as I went back and rewatched it. I just don't get it. I think they allowed them to stay in that game. And people are acting like Florida is now an elite team after coming so close to being Alabama. And I'm here to tell you guys, they simply aren't. They're just not an elite team. They're a good team. It's what I've been saying since the preseason. They're good, but they're not elite. But if you're looking at the Florida versus Tennessee matchup, obviously Florida's in a much better place. Charlie was alluding to that. They're a much better team. And I do agree with you, Charlie. I wonder what the Bama game did to Florida. Did it give them confidence? Because everybody's, you know, everybody is all over Florida. They're just bowing to Florida, talking them up this week. So is it confidence or is it they're feeling themselves. Is it overconfidence? So there is a line there. Uh, but at the end of the day, I do think Florida's the better team. They're more talented. They're more advanced in their system. But I, I, also, I will also say, if you're looking at matchups, which is ultimately what games come down to, it's kind of interesting. Florida is second in the country in rushing offense, 335 yards game on the ground, which is what they do, which is we knew that they were going to be able to run the ball better this year with a mobile quarterback. That's what Dan Mullen's done traditionally. The passing game's taken a massive hit, but they can run the ball. But Tennessee, right now, I know it's only through three games. They played one Power 5 team, so how much can you tell? I don't know, but they're fifth in the country in rush defense. And that one Power 5 team uh, that they did play, they held them to under 100 yards rushing. They held Pitt to under 100 yards. They're holding teams to 54 yards rushing total, or 54 yards rushing per game right now. So it's an interesting matchup there with the Florida rush offense, the Tennessee rush defense. I honestly don't think Tennessee's rush defense is really that good. I think it's more a function of who they played. I will admit Tennessee has no chance to win this game. They are not going to win this football game, especially on the road, in the swamp. But maybe there's a chance for them to cover. But for them to actually have a chance to cover, Tennessee's going to need to stop the run because that's all Florida can basically do right now offensively. 
and force Emory Jones to be a passer. Easier said than done, but that's their key to not winning they're not going to win, but to at least staying in this game. Can they do that? Probably not. I do think their rush defense numbers are a little bit smoke and mirrors as a function of who they played. Um, Hendon Hooker has been more effective for them at quarterback, and I do think there are holes in the Florida secondary and also in the middle of that Florida defense. But Hendon Hooker, yeah, he's been better than Joe Milton was, been more efficient, a little bit more explosive, but still not a dynamic Tennessee offense. I just don't think they can score enough to win. But 19 and a half, Charlie, you're right. That's a lot of points, especially, again, circumstances here. I just got this feeling that Florida's just going to be... I think it's I think it's the opposite. I don't think they're going to be down and dejected after a two point loss. I think they're going to be feeling themselves too much. I think it's going to border on overconfidence in this game, and I think Tennessee might have a chance to exploit some of the deficiencies in that for a secondary in a way that Alabama just really wasn't doing after the first couple. Uh, I guess the first quarter and a half of that game. I don't love this pick, but I'm going to take Tennessee to cover the 19 and a half. I do think Florida wins comfortably, but. I don't know if they went by three touchdowns. So I'm going to take Tennessee to cover the 19 and a half. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Okay, we have one more game that we're going to talk about before we move on to the dogs in Nashville. The last game that has us looking at the Big 12 matchup with the Mountaineers going to Oklahoma, who is favored at home by 19 and a half. <clears throat> I still feel, I feel like that's a lot too. It's down to 17 now. Let's adjust it. Down to 17. Down to 17. Down live to 17. update. Yeah, well, live updates with the new line, live 17. not to you, but it's live for us. Yes, 17. Oklahoma is ranked third for now, and we've been hearing throughout the offseason that the Sooners' defense is better than it has been in the past, but I just don't know about that. Last weekend, the Sooners struggled for a bit against Nebraska. And let's not forget the season opener against Tulane. Tulane or Tulane? Tulane, sorry. Just, um, I, I mean, I didn't know. Maybe I've been saying it wrong all these years. It's hard at the end of the week. It's tough. So I'm not impressed with the Sooners and Spencer Rattler. And then you have West Virginia, who had a sneaky good top 15 win against over Virginia Tech last weekend. I don't think West Virginia has the personnel to win this game. And you know I hate the big favorites in conference games. Yes, I know you do. So I'm not so sure the Sooners can cover 16 and a half. 17. Wait, 17. 17. 17. We have lots of numbers in here. It's changed well, a lot. Well, yeah, that lines move. Yeah. Well, I know. I, I know. I'm just saying 17. I just now. didn't update it. It's all good. 17. Um, I'm not sure they can cover with how their offense is playing right now. And when you're the third ranked team in the country, everyone is coming for you. Just like everyone's coming yeah. for us, yeah. pretty much. Oklahoma's a big boy in the Big 12. Um, so the Mountaineers are coming and are going to give the Sooners everything they have. I'm going to take West Virginia to cover. It's probably a bad idea, but I'd make a lot of these types of picks. Do you so. have any confidence in any of these picks? I mean, not I'm really. still waiting for a lot. you just don't know. I know. I'm thinking about it. I'm feeling very stressed about that. You've had literally a week to do this, by the way. FYI. I know. 
West Virginia is playing good defense, and Oklahoma's offense is struggling, especially last week. Well, they did. Yeah. I mean, against Nebraska, yeah. So I'll take West Virginia to cover. All right. Um, interesting. Yeah, this. you're right, Charlie. This Oklahoma offense is not humming right now. And, like, in retrospect, I was higher than coming this season, but in the retrospect, like, they don't have a C.D. Lamb. They don't have a Hollywood Brown uh, at wide receiver this year. Spencer Rattler is not Baker Mayfield. He's not Kyler Murray. He's not that kind of guy. He's a good player. He's really good, but he's not that level, in my opinion. Their defense is better than it has been this year, but it's still not quite as good as I thought they had a chance to be coming into the year. Maybe they grow into that, but right now they haven't played to that level. In West Virginia, on the other side, is a good, solid football team. Certainly not an elite football team, but a good, solid football team that can sneak up on you. They have a veteran quarterback in Jared Daigie. Lenny Brown's a good running back at 1,000 yards last year. Put up 160 against Virginia Tech last week. And I keep waiting. I know it's early in the year, but I'm still waiting for this get-right game for Oklahoma. And it's coming. They will have that game where they just get right and it all clicks. But I don't think it's going to be this game against West Virginia. West Virginia had a top 30 defense. Well, they have a top 30 defense right now. They were top five last year. Honestly, I think they're better than top 30 because it's kind of misleading. They've already played two power five teams, which is more than most teams have played. So I think that's a little misleading. A lot of teams have kind of just inflated their numbers against those little baby seals and not so much West Virginia. So they're great on defense. They're not elite offensively. They're okay. They're good enough offensively. But I, what I think West Virginia is going to do in this game, I think what they have to do in this game is try to establish the run, possess the football, and try to limit Oklahoma's possessions. I think Oklahoma probably wins this game, but they're also good. It seems like every year they're good for one of these random upsets against a Big 12 team they shouldn't lose to. I don't. It could be this week. If it was on the road, I'd say watch out. Although they have lost at home to some of these some of these Big 12 teams that sneak, that sneak up on them. But I think Oklahoma probably wins. The odds on favorite to win, obviously. But I do think there's a really good chance that West Virginia can shorten the game with their ground game, keep Oklahoma's offense off the field as much as they can, limit those possessions, and keep Oklahoma from beating them by three to or two and a half touchdowns, three touchdowns, whatever. Um, I liked it when it was a little higher earlier in the week, like 19 for a minute or two. But even at 17, I'll take the Mountaineers to cover as well, Charlie. I don't feel great about this one, but yeah, let's go Mountaineers. Oh, you sound like me. You don't feel great about it. I mean, I'm just being honest here. Do, what are, do we have all... Please tell me we're on the same picks. No, okay. I got Notre Dame. We got, and we got to recap, Charlie, before we get out of here. I always forget to recap of the picks. So, That's your fault. Well, I mean, yeah. You okay, picked I'll, A&M, didn't you? I picked A&M. Okay, yeah, we got some different picks. All right, good, good. All, all right. right let's, all right, last but not least, the dogs are going to Nashville this weekend to take on the Commodores. Don't let the 35-and-a-half point spread fool you. Georgia seems to have an issue with playing to their full potential in Nashville, and it may continue to be a problem Sometimes. Like, we're just scarred by the times that we didn't. But other times, we just take control of the game. Right, but, you know. We've been there when we've lost. I've gone to games there where we have lost, and it's not yeah. fun. Games, plural. Games? I don't know. 2013, for sure. I don't. That's the only one I remember. There another one. There have been some close ones. Maybe I'm just some not remembering correctly. We all know I don't like big spreads like this, but again, I've been there when we've lost. So yeah. fair. I, I get that. it. I get it. And as you said, you're scarred for life. Uh, I think our defense has the potential to shut out the Commodores if there aren't any mistakes made on offense, like last weekend in the fourth quarter. Um, the Vanderbilt offense just doesn't stand a it's chance. Tough. It's a tough I look. Just, I would not want to be on the other side. I would not. And want their to be best on running offense. backs out. 
I just I, out for the year. Pancake, pancake, pan. I mm, pain, yep, pain, yep, pain, yep, pain. Yep. I'm not taking the 35 and a half though. Still not. It's too much. It's down to 35 now. 35? Update, update, update. Okay, they lost the hook. Okay. They lost the hook. I'll take Vandy to cover. We just don't ever seem to pay up to our potential there, so prove me wrong. I mean, we have at times. Um, all right, here's some numbers for you guys. I know that we did not do a full Vandy preview show uh, by request. We did something a little different this week, so I'll give you a couple numbers here that I would have probably given you in a, in a full Vandy preview episode. So, guys, right now, Vandy's not very good. News I'm going to interrupt you for a second. What was your lock? So I can think about this while you talk. My lock was South Carolina, Kentucky over South Carolina. Kentucky over South Carolina. Thank you. Uh, back to what I was saying. So Vandy is not good. I know. Newsflash of the century. Here's some words to kind of explain that in more detail. So Vandy is 14th in the SEC. Yes, there are only 14 teams in the league. So this is dead last. They are dead last in the SEC in total offense at 353 yards per game in yards per play at a just flat-out abysmal 4.46 yards per play. You almost have to try to be that bad. They're also last in the SEC in sacks and dead last in yards per pass attempt, averaging only five freaking yards per attempt. That's just so bad. So bad. But hey, news gets better for them. There's a couple categories where they're not dead last. They're 13th. They're next to last. In total defense, they are 13th, giving up 393 yards per game. Um, they are 13th in the SEC in yards per play allowed at 6.35. They're 13th in the league in turnover margin, and they're 13th in rush defense, giving up 196 yards a game on the ground. So as you can clearly see, Vanderbilt, no bueno, not a good football team. And if you're looking at matchups, as I do think football is a game of matchups, as I say often, where are we vulnerable right now? The two potential deficiencies on our team, as far as I see, are potentially secondary, not really a secondary, really one cornerback spot, and the offensive line. I have some concerns at, at spots on the offensive line. we got to get more movement. But Vandy is not equipped right now to attack us vertically. And we saw South Carolina hit some vertical shots down the field. Guys are only averaging five yards per attempt. That's that's not that's dead last. That's not good, good enough. That's not going to get the job done. Offensive line, well, they're dead last in the SEC in sacks. They're 13th in rush defense. So they're not really equipped to take advantage of the areas where we might have like some relative deficiencies. This is all relative there. Now, Vandy does have some good players in spots, in isolated spots. Chris Pierce is a big athletic wide receiver, number 19. He's a good player, guys. He's a guy that they had a halfway decent quarterback. Kenny Seals, I think, feel like he's taking a step back this year. I know it's a new system, new coordinator, but he's just... He's an athletic quarterback. He can move a little bit. I thought he threw the ball better last year. Right now, through a couple games, not very good right now. Not getting the ball out there consistently. He's inaccurate, very very up and down, very erratic. But Chris Pierce, if the quarterback can get the ball to him, is a big athletic wide receiver that could potentially uh, find a chance to match up against a guy like Keely Ringo or Mirror Speed and, and make some plays. Cam Johnson's a solid slot wide receiver. Ramon Davis is, was actually, I thought, a good running back. He impressed me. But he's got a toe thing. He's now apparently out for the entire year. So he's not playing in this game. Like I was watching the Stanford game. He's like the one big bright spot. Him and Chris Pierce and Davis is out. So that certainly does not help them in this game. So they do have some decent players in spots, some good, maybe even good players in spots, but there's just not enough of them. So with Davis out at running back, combined with the relative success that South Carolina had on vertical shots last week and a couple of shots there down the field with Josh Van, you got to imagine that Vanderbilt is going to, 
come out in this game trying to test us through the air, taking some shots, trying to bite off some chunks of yardage that way, because that's really their only chance to move the ball at all, in my opinion. I just don't see how they're going to run the football against our defensive front, especially with their best running back out. And he was a good player. And, and I will say, I, I, again, I think Chris Pierce and Cam Johnson are good wide receivers, and they have the chance to make some of those plays if they get the right matchups. But I just go back to it. Kenny Seals? I just haven't seen it from him at quarterback right now. I don't think they have the quarterback that can get them the ball consistently enough to really do anything on offense. So like, I will say the first th- three games this year, I've been 50-50 picking against us to cover these 30-point spreads going back the past two weeks since UAB and last week against South Carolina. I nailed it with uh, with South Carolina. I picked this to go to to um, not cover the spread, and we were lined to cover it. But obviously, the fumble that wasn't a fumble by Kendall Milton uh, allowed South Carolina to cover. Uh, and I missed it against UAB. I took UAB to to cover, and uh, they did not. We actually ended up covering there. So I've been 50-50 there. And Charlie, I'm usually with you on avoiding these like massive 30 plus point lines. But man, in this game. I don't know. I know that's a lot of points, Charlie, but I, but I also know there's a lot of residual frustration and anger within our team and our football program over how Vandy ducked us last year. Kirby can downplay it all he wants. Trust me, guys. I have a pretty good authority. There is some residual frustration and anger there. I totally forgot. Yeah. So maybe yeah. I want to change my pick, but I already They robbed us of senior day. They made us prepare for them twice. And we never got to play them. No senior day. Okay, I'm gonna, can I change my that. pick even though I wrote it down? Oh, Charlie. No, it's okay. No, I'll change it. it. No, I'll no, leave no, it. Okay, I'll, leave it. I'll, I'll, I'll allow fine. it. No, the show it's is okay. not over. Picks, the show, the picks are finalized when the show is over. The show is no, not over. it's okay. It's okay. Take Georgia. It's okay. You actually wrote down Georgia. Do you realize that on the sheet here? Yeah, I know. So you are going to pick us to cover 35. Oh, you're right. Because I did say... I meant to write Vandy. But you wrote Georgia. So it's a Freudian slip. You want Georgia. I'll let you take Georgia. You got Georgia. It's okay. You got Georgia. You got Georgia. You got Georgia. All right. Um, I can just have two records. No, you can't have two records. <laughs> so officially, are you taking Georgia or Vandy? I mean, I think Georgia will cover. I forgot about yeah. that. That's that's the big thing to me here is like they robbed our seniors of a senior day, made us prepare for that team twice, then backed out on us at the last second in both situations. So I'm not sure there's going to be as much calling off the dogs. And you also have to remember, you don't have Derek Mason on the sideline, who Kirby is actually pretty good friends with. You got Clark Lee, who he might know, but there's not, I mean, he's not tight with Clark Lee. So I'm not sure there's going to be as much calling off the dogs this week as you usually see with Kirby. And Vandy, as I pointed out, is dead last or next to last in most major offensive and defensive categories in the SEC. They are also not really equipped to take advantage of our areas of what I would say relative deficiency. I don't do this confidently. I'm never really confident with this big spreads like this. But I'm going to ride with my boys. I'm taking the dogs to cover the big spread, to cover the 35. Let's bring it home, guys. 35. Okay. Let's go. Oh, I need a lock. Lock. Where is it, Charlie? Which game on the slate here do you feel most confident in? Which of those picks? Clemson. Clemson to cover over NC State. Lock it up. Ten. Ten. I don't know. We'll see. You're big on situational football. I am. Unlike the situations coming into the game. It's all the psychology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Psychology it is. So Clemson, you're locking it up. Make sure you write this down. I circled it. Oh, you circled it. Okay. I That's, have a key. Okay. As long as you understand what that actually means. I all right. won't remember. We and, should and probably yes, like, Guys, I, I, I have suggested multiple times, let's put this in a spreadsheet like you know modern human beings do. It is a spreadsheet. It's just on Charlie, paper. It's, it's, it's a handwritten spreadsheet. Okay. okay. It has columns mm-hmm. and rows. So when you text me during the game saying, did I pick Georgia again? 
And I would say, I don't know, Charlie, put up on the spreadsheet. If you had a spreadsheet, you could do that. Oh, look, you're getting all fancy and taking a picture of it. Wow. Now I have a picture. That's high quality stuff. Look at you. Wrap the show Look up. at you. All right, guys. Well, oh, that I does it. Say, oh, oh, no. If you're not going to the Vandy game and you're going to be in town, come out and watch the men's tennis oh, yes. team this weekend. They're taking on It's the a tournament. massive. We're playing USC, Texas, and who else? There's another big one in there. USC, Ohio Texas, State. and Ohio State. Three major tennis programs coming out. Trivia time. Who's the only program in that of that group that has not won a men's tennis national title? USC? No. Ohio USC State. has won a million. Because Texas just won. Ohio State. Good call. Yep, good call. So I'm pulling the numbers up here, guys. I, I, I'm telling you, if you're not going to Nashville, come out and watch our dogs who are a contender again this year. But as Charlie's laying out, it's a massive, massive tournament here. Got a bunch of big time programs, 28 national titles, 120 combined conference titles between these programs. I mean, guys, it's going to be an awesome, awesome tournament. It's free Southern Intercollegiate Tournament here. So come on out if you're in town. Uh, watch our game. Then come out and watch some high-quality tennis. And it's all weekends, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday also, I believe. I'm actually upset that I'm not going to be here. I mean, well, I'm very excited to go to the football game in Nashville. I'm pumped about that. But I wish this was on a, a separate weekend. The women we were actually play in town. next weekend. They do. They do. And which the women also play during the bye week. Yes. which is I am very excited about that they're in town during the bye week. So, yeah, come watch some high-level tennis, guys. Um, but regardless, I know you're going to watch some football. It's going to be another great weekend. Hopefully, hopefully we don't completely blow this. I mean, I'm not even, I, why did I even put that out there? Knock on wood. Not putting that out there. But anyway, that's it for us, guys. That does it for today on the podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. As always, for those of you who are making the trip to Nashville, have an awesome time. Be safe getting there. Charlie, I know you're super excited about the drive. A little bottleneck there. I'll when let you, get you know how long it takes me to get there. I can just see it in your face. It's like, well, you, you know, a couple years ago, it took some people like nine hours to get there. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I know. What time are you leaving? Early? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to get there. I know you don't like Nashville as much as I do. I like Nashville. But uh, that is it for us, guys. Thanks for listening. For Charlie, I'm Tyler. Have a great weekend. And as always, go dogs.